Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hello. It is episode 44, uh, titled USBs are four-dimensional objects or how we can learn to stop worrying and love the tilt. Did you say 44? Four-dimensional. No, yeah, episode 84. 84. I said Did four. I say 44? Whatever. Whatever. We can fix it in post. Woo! We won't fix it in post. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about uh, how to recognize tilt and get over it because that's something that I had to do this weekend. Um, it's something I do a lot on stream yeah. and also at tournaments because I get tilty. <laughs> yeah. But first, we're going to turn our eyes to the community because we had two really amazing stories uh, come out of GP Birmingham up in the UK this weekend. One on the emotional side and one on the are you serious side. Well, anyway, so... There were two GPs this weekend. It was a double GP weekend, Legacy Friday, Saturday, Standard Saturday, Sunday. Yes. And the Saturday, Sunday Legacy GP was as fun as everyone thought it was going to be. Um, and it was won by Scotland's Gary Campbell, who is considered the godfather of Scottish magic. Uh, he won his first GP at the age of 52. And as far as anyone can tell, he is 100% the oldest person to have ever won a, G won a GP. Yeah. Um, there's Pro Probably oldest ever top eighted one, too. Yeah. So the, the top eight moments for Saturday, uh, the the coverage, the written coverage, actually kind of digs down deep, not super deep, but a little bit into what he means. Basically, there's so many people who play Scottish magic that essentially credit him with helping them get into playing like and all of that kind of thing he's like that's why we see godfather of scotch magic like he's well beloved in that community and for him to make it all the way there and win was just great we have a clip that we actually put in the uh notes of the actual win itself and just hearing the crowd go wild if you don't tear up you don't have a heart just saying it's very true i said to john he's like man i start tearing up I'm like i know i did too it was great. Like the minute I hit play, it was just like, man, emotions, stop. It's like, why you do this? Yeah, but he beat uh, Gregor Kowalski in the finals. Who Gregor was on Grixis Delver, Gary Campbell, Mono Red Prison. Yeah, it turns out being able to play like turn one Blood Moons or turn one like Trinispheres can really lock your opponent out of games. It's it's absolutely, it was a great meta call for basically a Delver slash four color angled uh that when Meta all of your opponents are trying to play four color like whatevers and trying to play as many cheap spells as possible, like you look at how like the four color the three color four color Delver decks are just basically playing Delver Seekers, Young Pyromancer, um, Deathrite Shaman, and all those other cards, and then suddenly you're just like, okay, turn one Trinosphere, good luck. Yeah, Chalice, Chalice <laughs> of the Void on one does work against some of those it, four color decks. It really does. But yeah, so also out of the standard GP. It was won by Simon Nielsen, uh, who's a Danish pro. And he won the standard portion with the kind of new band of the format in red-black vehicles slash aggro. Brings up an interesting point of how many vehicles need to be in a deck in order for it to count as a vehicles deck versus just a, just like a generic aggro deck. But anyways, um, but he won only losing two rounds in the Swiss. Uh, the first or the his second loss was to uh, one of the spiciest decks of the tournament, which was Mono Black Control. Uh, and then the other one he lost to was his alarm clock because he slipped through round one. Yeah. Round two, one of day two. Yeah. Um, he actually tweeted about it like <laughs> his tweets started uh, round nine of GP Berm just started and I just woke up. Whoops. 
he then said, can someone please inform the tournament that I shouldn't be dropped? I'm on my way. And then we went 12-2. and two. My only loss were Mono Black Control and my alarm clock. And then he drew on an ID with Martin Yuza in round 15. Yuza was locked with a draw. Simon was like 50-50 with tiebreakers to make it. So they played basically game one, offered the draw, took it. Cool. And then he went on to win. Yeah. And for the record, his uh, de- GP winning deck list only has three vehicles in the deck. Yeah, that's the why three that, main deck heart of Kieran. That's why everyone's like, uh, vehicles? Yeah. Are, are want, we sure? You want to call it that? But also what's a cool thing is um, somebody else, who went, uh, Matthew Folks, who uh, streams under the name Matthew Folks, uh, he is, I believe it's Yu-Gi-Oh! player, 1942, whatever, on, on the uh, trophy boards. I believe it. Yeah, and John, uh, he actually, I think that's what it is, because it's his banner on Twitter. But uh, uh, language content warning for this one, we'll put the link in the uh, show notes, but on, I believe, Friday? Yeah, Thursday of last week, he tweeted, here is the, in all caps, here is the perfect RB aggro list and perfect cyborging guy for this weekend. That's right, I said perfect mother effers. Mm. Simon basically took the exact list and won the GP with it. <laughs> massive well, called shot and yeah. apparently a lot of people around there were like hmm he's a good streamer and gets a lot of trophies we're gonna take this list apparently people like that's why it was one of the most popular lists in the top 12 there's yeah. one it's easier for me to count the decks that aren't red black aggro than is to count the ones that are red black aggro yeah like, four four of them four out of the top 12 it's six of so six of the top eight were red black vehicles aggro i think it's 16 of the top 32 yeah it was ridiculous six uh six of the top 16 were not red black aggro. yeah that's like it's bananas how it was the per- <laughs> like when we talked about met like you know picking a deck and meta calling like a week or two ago yeah hi there right there <laughs> that's the meta call for last weekend this weekend yep everyone's going to be bringing the hate so everyone yeah everyone's gonna be gunning for the goblin chain dot deck because that card is bonkers that it is a really really good card and it it actually like i mentioned how i look at cards you know warping a format with, with a little band talk we talked about too that is a pretty decently sized uh gravity source there because yeah. you are going to get punished hardcore if you're playing x1s mm. Like I believe, I think it was. It might have been Nielsen's deck. I accidentally closed out of that page to to just to double check. But I think he's not playing any copies of Bomat Courier. No. Yeah, no Bomat Couriers, which is like a go-to card in mono red decks. The now. only thing that would potentially die right off the bat to it is Walking Ballista. And if you're playing that for two, you've you've got something going on that's kind of weird. Oh no no no! Yeah, like, no that's what that, that's what I'm saying though. Like literally, that's the only creature in their deck that will die. Yeah. To a minus like, one, or to a one damage getting pinged at it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So like red black vehicle, like Goblin Chain Roller is going to definitely kind of impact how people are building decks for this weekend. Or also, the weekend after that, Karn just confirmed to be utterly ridiculous and good. Yeah, Karn's really, really good. Um, I was recording a draft of Dominaria, and then my computer crashed. Uh, but I had a Karn. Um, I only got to cast him two games, uh, and one game he ran away with it, and then the other game he won because uh, my opponent had to devote a lot of resources to killing him, which then left them open for me to kill them on the crackback. Oof. It was great. 
Anyway. But anyways. So we're him, here. So him so Simon winning off of that is really kind of like nice way to slide right into talking about this because he slept through his alarm clock. He missed a round like he he was nine and oh or eight and oh. Eight and oh yep. at the beginning of day two. Like yep. how does that not throw you off your game? Well, John, what is tilt? Let's start with that. So yeah, so tilt is a term that seems to have been imported from poker. Uh, or potentially pinball, where it's just like you – there's something that happened, whether it's something that's in your control or outside of your control, where it just takes your mindset and then puts it off kilter. I always kind of like to think of it where it's like, you know, you are you operate at like, you know, peak efficiency in one way, but then suddenly the entire world just like gets tilted 45 degrees and then everything just seems off. Yeah, like- where you get mad, where it's like you're you're just not drawing the right cards in ma- in like magic, or you're like you're just making really bad plays, or you're missing obvious things or whatever. And usually, it just kind of goes into kind of um, I guess what, what, how much I put is like there's some pros who you know who tilt very very hard, very very quickly. Um, Eric Froelich kind of being one of the poster child poster children of this, although he's gotten better as of late. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes to like overaggression or inability to handle just things that happen either outside of you or internally that just starts feeding in on itself, causing you to just cascade out of control. Yeah, a good way to look at it is it basically, you know, when you, when you talk about things going like situation going sideways, like everything just goes completely off kilter off the bat. That's what it is. So like something happens, it gets in your head, you start getting negative thoughts and it starts it doesn't like leave your head. It starts tumbling around in there, which then causes you to feel bad about something, either angry or upset or sad. And then it that in turn starts feeding in on itself, giving you a, a mental state that you just can't process magic in the way you need to. Um, like yeah. basically it just creates a, a, a negative feedback loop, which is hard to get out of sometimes. So the, the key thing is getting out of it, especially if you're, Everyone's got their bad beat story. Like a bad beat can definitely be a type of like how you recognize a tilt. It's a bad beat for one thing. Like, oh man, I was winning and winning and winning. This opponent top decked this one card that just wrecked me. It's like, well, if they had an answer and they got the right answer at the right time. Yeah. But that kind of thing can really throw you off. And it's say it could be round five, right? And you're sitting five or round six and you're six and one. You're like, or five and one. I'm like, okay, just got to win, you know. Just win one more match. One more match. Just one more match. You lose round six. And you're like, crap, five and two. Still got it. Or, or you'll go five and oh, and then like, you're like, okay, cool. Just one more win, and I'm there. And then you lose round, you know, lose round six. You're like, crap. All right, cool. Rebound. Let's do this. Round seven, you lose round seven because of something dumb. And you could just potentially spin completely off the reservation and just, you know, spiral down and just absolutely get annihilated. In your in your winning in match, yeah. So the reason why I brought we I thought of this topic for this week was uh, this past weekend uh, because again going to the regional poker qualifier out in June, uh, team limited or team unified standard. So I've been playing a lot of the Mono Red Godfrey's gift decks that have been kind of floating around, um, just so I can you know feel comfortable with the deck. And so I go to two PPTQs um, on Saturday. I go two and zero, oh, and then proceed to go zero oh and three. Losing a win and in for top eight. Then on Sunday, start 2-0, proceed to go 0-3 again. And I was just so in my own head towards the end of it, just like, 
like in both days I can pinpoint to exactly the right, the same moment as to when it went off the rails. And it wasn't round three when I lost because round three, I, I lost to on Saturday. I lost to white black vehicles. And on Sunday or on Sunday, I lost to uh red, green mox amber, uh, which is a very spicy deck. Huh. I must say. Um, but then uh, in round four, game one, both times, I kept suboptimal hands. Specifically, I kept one landers with Bomac Couriers in them. Mm. And I just whew, went off the rails there. Um, in you know, On Saturday, I didn't win game one, proceeded to lose game two because of another huge misplay I made, um, thinking I had eight mana when I only had six. Um, and then on Sunday, I just proceeded to lose just because I... It was just not a good time for me. And then the game five and then my round fives are both just like win game one easily, game two lose, game three lose in the most just abysmal way possible. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, really? This is how it happens? And I was just – I was like tilting at like a 90-degree angle basically. I was just like completely just just angry at myself, at variance, at a whole bunch of other things, uh, which is like – Another part of the reason why it's like rec- like recognizing that I was being tilted. Like I was making obvious misplays. I was keeping really bad hands. Uh, the games that I was playing, I wasn't. Magic's a game. Magic is a game where I like to make sure that I am I'm having fun while I'm playing, right? And if if it's not an enjoyable experience, then it's less fun for me, and that means that I'm going to play a little bit looser for some reason. Like and you, so you mentioned less fun for you too. Like imagine if you're with a bunch of your friends, like. You're going to yeah. be mopey and griping about it. And they're going to be like, dude, just stop. And then that's going to make you feel worse. And that can just even lead to more things. So it, it, it can really spiral on you if you're not careful yeah. about it. And then also, like, this doesn't happen to me where it's like, this one happens a lot where it's like, I'm the better player than they are. Why am I losing to you? Like, Magic has a game with inbuilt and variant. That fallacy is so rough for some people. Yeah. Like this, this game has built-in variance for a reason, so that the inexperienced player can have a chance to beat the experienced player. And I had an opponent in round one on Saturday. Um, I he was playing green black snake, and I was playing like I said, mono red Godfrey's gift. Uh, I win game one handily. He wins game two. Game three, I sideboard in our devastation to my sideboard, and he has a board of like snake, double brontodon, like Glensleeve siphon or whatever. And he's getting ready to kill me next turn. I just go, okay, cool. Our devastation go, and he's just like. He gets tilted about that. Uh, granted, he managed to recover and make the uh, top four of that PBTQ. But this is one of the things where, like, I'm a better player than you. Why am I losing? Or why am I losing to this stupid card? Or if you didn't top deck that card, I would have won or whatever. Things like that. That is a point where you might go, oh, I'm, like, I'm getting tilted at this. I'm, you know, this is negatively affecting how I'm going to play. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of weird. I I can't. I can't ever really point out certain like good specific instances of this just because I know I tilt a lot about certain things. Well, for you, it's usually, you know, drawing too few or too many lands. Oh, my God. No, I was going to get to that. I was just saying, like, I know you have recent things. I know for me, a lot of times um, it, it mainly comes down to my, my – my, like you say, my main issue is lands usually – but not the deck um the but for a lot of other times it's like i make a crucial error and i realize that i made that error like the minute i've made it and then i get caught my head about that error and it doesn't Mm -hmm. help me that that's happened to me more often than not 
Um, but yeah, lands. So especially when streaming, um, yeah. I don't know what it is about the Magic Online Shuffler that has it out for me. All right, first off, right there, form of tilt. Yes, blaming um, the shuffler. Yeah, blame ing, ing, blaming sh- very ing shuffler. Uh, no, but there are games where I'll just be like, if I could just draw like a spell, any yep. spell at all, one spell, I can be fine and start pulling out of this thing, and it just land. Okay, next card's gonna be a land. Draw it, land. Um, funnily enough, there was actually. So Channel Fireball, those are little like top five, you know, like streaming moments or whatever it is for like the, the week or whatever mm-hmm. that happens. And one of them recently was um, a guy of streaming. I don't remember the guy's name, but he had a Bob in play and he was on you know, Jund. And all he has to do is hit a spell off of his Bob. And he basically has a chance to like win or an untapped land or a t- land that doesn't enter tapped. And he's like, oh, we're probably just going to hit the Blackleaf, cl- two, double Blackleaf Cliffs, aren't we? Goes to the draw step, Blackleaf Cliff, Blackleaf Cliff. Ooh. The only two cards in his deck that literally would not have won him the game, basically, <laughs> or wow. been effective on a board. And just like, um, but yeah, the lands thing is really kind of rough for me, especially I know I play decks that are kind of, so recognizing Toe with this, I play decks that, actually have a lot of i'm not say issues it's not the right word for it i think it's like you play decks at the extremes where it's like infect plays as few lands as it physically can while still being able to cast its spells yeah my, yeah my favorite decks yeah the extremes kind of thing like i play on like the ragged edge of what should be considered a decent mana base because modern infect at least when i stopped playing it recently the last list I saw before I really started, kind of, I just set it aside for a little while. It plays two Breeding Pool, two Forests, two Pendlehaven, and a um, Dryad Arbor, possibly, as far as lands that can create colored mana. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have the Foring Moth Nexus that make colorless mana. But you're usually running like 19 lands in your deck, and... A majority of the rest of those are fetches. You're running like nine to ten fetches in there with like nine sources of actual like mana. The potential for getting screwed is very high, especially if you don't get something like a uh, noble hierarch down. As far as Pauper, I run Tron, and Tron is very, very reliant on being able to do. So Pauper Tron is like I said, toolbox deck. So me getting Tron and being able to have seven mana with three lands when my opponent's only on like two or three because the thing with pauper decks is people are playing too few lands fair enough it's they're literally playing like one less land than they should be in most decks it's just a a bad habit of pauper players but yeah being able to have that much extra mana and being able to filter through it and all that kind of stuff i'll either have too much mana not be able to filter my mana or just be completely off tron while hold being only able to run one spell out at a time in a deck that wants to be able to play like two or three like maybe a card draw or something like you know Moldrifter draw me multiple cards and a kill spell in one turn. Where if I have tr- if I have Tron, if I don't, then I'm able to just run out the Moldrifter and can't do anything else. So it's so I I experience these kind of like land issues a little bit more than you usually would. But even then, when I'm doing like limited, I'm just like, bruh, deck, what are you doing to me? What are you doing? Like for, and like for me, like um, I played a PPTQ where I was playing like 20 land mono red uh, back when there was like saffron olives deck with like falconrath gorgers and cartouches of zeal and like when i'm playing storm for example i i just went and grabbed my storm deck and i'm going to tell you our exact mana base using caleb sharer's fetchless storm deck okay 
Two snow-covered islands, two islands, one mountain, four spire bluff canals, four shivan reefs, four steam vents. That's 17 lands. <laughs> That's not a lot of lands. No, it's not. Granted, we can we we don't need to do a bunch of stuff. Also, the deck has like absurd amounts of selection. But the point is, like, I also play a lot of decks like that, similar to how you do, where it's like, you know, this deck is playing, you know, the extreme how few lands can I get away with? Do I need to be playing more lands? Do I need to be playing fewer lands or whatever? And this kind of gets into the thing where, um, which is our final point in recognizing tilt, is knowing when the things are outside of your control. Basically, being results-oriented. Uh, I see this happen a ton in like sealed or draft, where it's like, I got mana screwed, I should take out a land, or I got mana flood, or I got mana screwed, I should add a land into my deck, or I got mana flooded, so I should take out a land of my deck. When those are not the, the correct, like you know, correlations that you should be making yeah. when you know that kind of losing to flood or screw. Yeah, that kind of results-oriented thinking, or Roddy, as limited resource likes to call it, um, thinking get Roddy thinking is very bad very bad especially if you start getting into that kind of like well if i'd only drawn this i would have won the game it's like well yeah but you didn't draw it so yeah and like again that and like what, and like, what if you did draw it like how do you know for a fact that that exact card would win you the game unless it was like you literally have a kill on board unless this is the card you draw like yeah. some some people some people will even like be like oh no i would have drawn won the game if i did it's like well, would you have won exactly right then on the spot well no i wouldn't have but I, that card would have eventually won me the game it's like you said eventually so you need or, to like, or you get into the uh, the thing that this usually happens in limited where it's like if you didn't have that dumb card i would have won oh yeah it's like oh my god my opponent would have like five on color bomb rares Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's like all right man or like, well or even like in standard where it's like if you didn't have that card that turn i would have won Mm-hmm. And um, this happened to me actually. Uh, I was playing this at uh, another local game store for their standard showdown they run on Tuesdays. It's uh, the Game Cave Hermitage. There's a great little store out there. Uh, and I was playing against a per- person who was playing Bant Midrange. They had been stuck on lands for a while and they had five lands and they had just played a Shalai, uh, Voice of Plenty, you know, give you and all your other things hexproof, and two Thrashing Brontodons. They had five mana untapped. I had six creatures. I attack with everything. He settles me. I get six lines out of my deck, then I cast Our Devastation. And then he told me, I would have won the next turn if you didn't have it. I'm like, yeah, I put it in my deck. So, yeah, stuff like that where it's like, you know, I would have won if you didn't have X, or I would have won if I had drawn X. That is one of the quintessential signs of someone starting down the line of tilt. And, and And if you realize that, you know, some things are out of your control, then you're not getting tilted. But if you start kind of really leaning into that, then... You might be you might be tilting off. Yeah, and again, we're we're starting with the recognizing how you might be tilting or how you might start going down the road to tilt because knowing is half the battle. Yeah, Joe. Uh, no, so you, you only go you only go so far uh, with recognizing the fact that you are starting to tilt out. Um, it the real key part of tilting is how do you stop it. Yeah, because it can be really difficult to like once you've recognized I'm being I'm tilting off. It's stopping it. It's how do you kind of refocus and and kind of get back to the base state? And it's not easy. It's definitely not something that you can do. Um, like one of the first things that I like to always tell people is just take a break. Whether it's like you're during a tournament, just like walk outside, or you know, don't think about magic for a little bit. Um, or like for me, uh, I was, I was really tilted after Sunday and I was like, I just need to not think about magic for a while. 
And I wasn't even planning on doing my Dominaria draft that I did the other day uh, that I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, and But I was just like, man, I really just want to draft. Um, so, you know, I was just like, I'm not going to think about magic. I'm not going to do anything with magic. I'm just going to try to, you know, get the get outside of my own head. But Dominaria draft get- is just so good. You're like, ah, they got me. I was ta- so uh, I'm talking with I was talking with Ruben uh, because you know yeah he he does my he I do work with him at the other podcast and he's telling me his he was telling me about his stupid draft strategy which is draft uh, Gaia's blessings Gaia's blessings mono uh, divinations uh, deep freezes blue control spells uh, pack one pick one grow from the ashes and then splash whatever color is open I won't lie like I've seen a bunch of his decks he's been tweeting and I'm like how do you win with this thing it's an excellent question. Like and on, then again, honestly, I've drafted mono red twice. <laughs> you weirdo. Anyway, no, no it's, like, it's open. I know, but that's because red is considered the weakest. I literally have a draft video. John, John, on my you would, right John, you now. would draft mono white and M fourteen. I've only, I, I have not played that much M fourteen, <laughs> but the first draft I did was Boros, so I will concede I that we will not have a, we won't have a good argument here. No, no, no I'm just saying because for yeah. those who might not have been aware, just to cover it, white was considered like vert nearly unplayable in m14 by some people so like white would always be open so you could honestly be like well i guess i'm white and i guess i'll take all these crappy cards and cobble together a two-in-one deck out of it like you're not yeah. gonna win your draft but you're definitely like you can actually like two and one but hey, i three owed with that boros deck just so you know i i'm not blaming you man no um <laughs> another thing for me like on like kind of just brief before we get back to tilting why like i'm like how do you win with this is like i haven't drafted a lot lately and i need to because <laughs> it I've that heard, is an easily solvable problem i know but, but it does the, require time yeah of which i'm trying to move in like a month so yeah it's it's kind of painful i'll talk about that later though um yeah but yeah so taking a break like you just need not not needing to play magic that's one way to do it especially if you're able to be like all right the event's over i'm just gonna stop like honestly not this past rags to riches but the one before i was doing really well and like on the cusp of if i win one of these games i have a shot at top eighting or a top 16ing at least or i had a shot at top eighting if i won my last two lost that one i'm like okay if i win this one i can at least top 16 and get like a deck box whatever and just proceeded just fart all over the deck or fart all over the table with my deck it didn't do anything and i got kind of miffed after that but i'm like oh thank god the tournament's over i'm just gonna go home and I had an hour drive just to crank music and get out of my head. Yeah, just do on it. That's the worst. That was the worst part of Sunday because it was out in Columbia, which is about an hour away. And I was just like, oh, this is going to suck. Oh, yeah. See, for me, like, I just put on, like, soundtracks. I got a milkshake. No, oh, it's not bad. If I had no, thought no, about it, anyways. I might have stopped it. Yeah, it's a interesting thing to figure out what the heck you need to do to get out of your head for these things. Um yeah. You, like, you know, you said you avoided magic. Like, if you're, that was after a bad tournament. Say you're grinding a format, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, I just keep facing this stupid whatever deck. Like, I keep playing the green-white tokens mirror match, or the Bant-Coco mirror match, actually. Actually, standard standard around Shadows of Innistrad, Bant-Coco mirror match. <laughs> sir, I actually enjoyed that mirror yeah it was you're a masochist and you're a masochist for it well look it was (laughs) it was skill intensive okay it it was one of like i'm one of those things it definitely was i will just i will agree with that point in terms of like getting tilted over oh my god i just did this one one little tiny thing wrong you play a land wrong in that mirror match you are hosed yeah um but yeah 
just running up against a certain mirror type like for me honestly for a while i was like i would literally auto i would basically auto concede if i ran up against tron when i was playing pauper in the uh in leagues i'm just like i don't feel like dealing with this mirror match right now um yep Kind of a weird form of tilt, but it's more of like, I just I just can't deal with this. Um, but if you're finding yourself not winning a lot in a format, try something different. If you have, you know, standard and it's going poorly for you, you know, go grab a casual game of like Commander or whatever X format you enjoy playing casually. For me, it'd be like Canlander because Canlander is such a varied format that it's like, I, I honestly can't get tilted playing Canlander. I, I, I can't say I can't. Draft. Yeah, I can't really say I can't, but like it's it's very hard for me to get tilted playing Canlander because the decks in that format are just ridiculous and dumb. It's like a hundred card draft deck, a hundred card cube draft deck. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, but, but like one of the points I made is like if you're on a cold streak in standard, try drafting, which is why I was really keen to draft because yeah. like I didn't, I don't have the deck on Magic Online, so that's not an issue for me right now. But you know, like. Drafting is a lot of, is a very different. It scratches a different itch than standard does, and um, so I was like, I'm just gonna draft because Dominaria draft is sweet. Um, and then you know, then you open a Karn and everything's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like try a different format out. You know, maybe it's you know you're trying to grind modern and you're tired of playing against the you know uh, what's what's the the humans mirror match, which I understand to be abysmal. Uh, then go go try standard, you know, play whatever standard deck strikes your fancy. Or if you're on a cold streak in draft, you know, go play Brawl. Whatever it is, you know, try to get your mind, if you still want to think about magic, get your mind off of that specific style of magic. Try to think about something else instead. Yeah, if you're doing constructed, try limited. If you're doing limited, try constructed. Just shift it up a little bit or try sealed. Just go yeah. grab, like, go get yourself some retail therapy, crack six packs of, of cards, and just build yourself a sealed deck. Just, you know, hey, just thought exercise. Like, as a way to not think about results of a tournament or, hey, what th- what will this beat or whatever like that. Just like, okay, let's, what's this pool got me? I'll just, just be careful, though. If your pool's trash, just set it aside and don't even think about it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because you can also tilt out about, oh, my God, I just opened up completely. Or you can be like, oh, I just wasted my luck on, on this amazing pool that I'm never going to play in a tournament, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it doesn't work like that, dude. That doesn't work it like does that at all. Like that. That's true. That, that's not how variance works. Um, <laughs> but I mentioned a little earlier, though, in recognizing your thing, like being careful about getting whiny too much or bad yes. beat storying, because magic is a social game. And hanging out with friends or, you know, carpooling to a tournament or sharing rooms with friends at a tournament, you're going to do it eventually. I mean, you, you're rolling solo to magic tournaments gets you so far. I used to do it. When I first started getting back in the game, I'd roll solo, wouldn't really recognize people. Then, you know, you become more of a regular or something like that or in the area and you see people you recognize, you know, you start to hang out, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I knew John and I, we hung out with, we hung out basically at uh, GP Vegas in 2015 just because we knew each other through uh, Doc's chat. Yep. And look where we are now. Started at the bottom, now we're here. Yep. And start at the bottom. Now we podcast in here. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm terrible. Yorks on the spot. I have no rap game. <laughs> but yeah, if if you're able, like sometimes getting a bad beat story, I'll be like, you you might would be able to preface it like, hey, I just need to get this little bit. I need to get this out of my head. Sometimes getting that kind of thing, talking with your friends, can get get it out of your head. Like we mentioned, sometimes that feedback loop is what's causing you to tilt. 
you yeah. talk it over with a friend and your friend will be like, hey, hey, X, Y, and Z. You might have done X, Y, and Z or they might have had A, B, and C. Think about that. Like, oh, yeah, and I put it that way. Yeah, you make a good point kind of thing. And that can help pump the brakes on your on your tilt cycle. Yeah. Um, and also, if it's like, you know, magic, like we said, magic is inherently a social game. You play it with other people. Like, just hang out with your friends outside of magic, you know, whether you have your magic friends, like hang out with them or just hang out with, you know, someone, you know, just talk it out with people, you know, don't put your mind on magic if it's, if that's what's going to harm, if that's what's causing you the distress and why you're tilting, like, go play a video game, go watch a movie, go do something, you know, be active. Yeah, it, it's one thing to definitely identify you and yourself, these kind of issues, but you definitely need to. It's good to have the perspective of someone else. Yeah. A- oh, absolutely. Um, I thought of something else too. Um, something that can cause you to tilt and it, you might be tilting and not trying to eat. Eat some oh, yeah, food. Eat food. <laughs> Eating food and not drinking, you're like – you'd be surprised at how much like thinking about a magic game can wipe you out and you need fuel. And if you're not eating properly – it's like, don't go grab a bag of Skittles. It's going to give you a short sugar burst. It's not helpful. No. Granola bars are great. Other kinds of like like crunchy snacks like nuts are great too. Starches and carbs. Yeah, starches and carbs. Also drinking water, also great. Um, energy drinks, not amazing. Um, but yeah, that kind of thing can definitely put you into a spot where like your body is literally fighting against you, causing you like – like you can't fight the tilt because your body's like, I got nothing, bro. You, you've, you've hosed me. Nice so try. I got, no, I got nothing in the tank. I got, no, I, I, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is too, is think about it. If you got nothing in the tank, you know, to pull yourself out of a tilt, you're not going to play optimally even when you're hungry or if you're tired. Right. So yeah. like making sure you sleep, making sure you eat and all that kind of things like that are key to helping you prevent it in the first place. Like exactly. It's, it's a very easy preventative measure. Yeah, I get it. Convention center halls have crappy food options. Bring, bring snacks yourself. If you have like a snack, like you've got some jerky or something like that. Jerky is a great thing to bring. Honestly, yeah. for me, I loved having jerky at an event. Just make sure you wash your hands. Yeah. Do wash your hands. Don't, don't handle before cards you eat. after greasy hands. Well, before you eat too. Before. Oh, yeah, that's after. Um, but that's yeah, true. kind of, Side sidebar there, but yeah, it's something I I've I just thought of and put in the notes. Um, but yeah, food it's food true. is huge. Um, yeah, you mentioned relaxing though, like I mean, friends getting out, you know, playing games, whatever like that. Switch is a great thing nowadays. You can bring your switch and your little case and pop it out and you know, thrash some Mario Kart or something like that, or go beat some things up in Zelda. Yep. Uh, or phone games if that's what it is. If you're tilting, don't get on Twitter. Yeah, don't no, don't do that. Don't stay don't off social media. Post be like you might be you might want to post your round results. Just post your round results. Don't post like a twenty tweet thread about how you screwed up on your land play on turn six. Don't do That's that. That's what I did. Where I was like, I oh three tilted off. I'm going away for a bit. I am absolutely guilty of sometimes doing that and be like, well, this, this, and this, and I lost to this and this. I'm like, no, no, I just need to something I find helpful. If you do want to tweet about it. Type up your tweet in your Twitter app, then delete it before you hit send. Hit the X button. That, <laughs> save it to the save it to what I like to. I've started calling the sin bin, mm, which is your yes. drafts folder. 
my drafts folder is chock full of dead tweets that are never going to see the light of day ever again. But if I that's also just good advice in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd like to type <laughs> my stuff. Out. Yeah, I like to type my stuff out though to um, get it out. Like I said, it's a way to get it out of your head. If you type yeah. it out and you get it down or write, hell, that's even a better way to do it. If you want to write it down on a piece of paper, take that match, take your whatever your uh, don't take the match slip. No, 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 yeah, yeah, not your life, your life pad total. Your life pad paper. Rip it off your. Rip it out of your thing or whatever like that flip it over and just write down what you're upset about and if you you're like me and i literally have i still have things from tournaments in like 2016 i don't know why i need to throw them out pack rat not the card <laughs> not the card um no just if if you just want to write it down what's mad ball it up throw it out there you go yeah. that's some way to do it i mean it's not again not gonna work for everybody your mileage may vary but for me yeah, no, i'm well, actually thinking yeah. of bringing knitting yeah i i kind of got knitting's into it. A, it knitting's gonna be a hard activity to do while you're angry well kind of a little bit here's here's why i'm thinking about bringing it with me um one it's productive something with your hands um for me that kind of helps i won't lie this whole like half the time i am podcasting i'm twirling a pen between my fingers i just need to do something with my hands i know fidget cue would be great for me it would not a fidget spinner. I don't need one of those. Could be weird with a whoosh, whirring noise. Not not great. That to, I take out in post. Whoosh, yeah, I know, but still, it'd be weird. Um, I agree. No, it's just a case where knitting for me. I have to focus on it because I'm not. I just started, and I'm not even halfway through my first scarf yet, or even my first skein of yarn. But I still have to pay attention to it, make sure I'm getting it right. I'm very meticulous about that kind of thing. And doing that, I'll be like, okay, I'm focusing on the knitting. And I don't have the mental space at that point. I'll be like, okay, I'll just put it out of my head. Let me just focus on some knitting. Go find a nice quiet corner. Step out of the hall. Like that's another thing too. Get out of the venue hall. Just leave the venue hall. Like go sit out in like the lobby or whatever like that. And like one of those nice cushy, cushy chairs or whatever. And just, you know, knit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try it. See how it works. Granted, I'm not going to be playing in any high level tournaments for a while. Probably not till SCG Philly. And I need to find a team for that. And even then, it's like, hey, look, I've got built-in help against Tilt. Yay. Hey. Uh, so what about you? Also, like, what do you so like So for doing? me, like, I like just, like, not even thinking about magic. Like, uh, right after that GP, or right after that PPTQ, I should say, uh, I was driving back to town. I was driving back to Nashville. And as I was driving by on the interstate, I look over to the side of the road, and there's the movie theater. And I go, I haven't seen Infinity War yet. I should go see Infinity War. And so I bought tickets on my phone, pulled over, and got it into the theater when the show was in like 15 minutes. So that's what I did. That's definitely – you could say retail retail therapy would help too, but magic is a very dangerous, dangerous game to do – to conduct retail therapy. Yeah, don't necessarily do retail therapy. Like if you got the money to burn, sure. But, you know, be – Spend responsibly is you, our lesson is, is a lesson of the day here at, at Eyes of the Mize. Yeah, it's it's one thing my buddy Kathleen always says like spend within your budget. Don't yes. overspend. Like desert bus. People are like, yeah, well, I want to get this. Like, don't don't break your budget. Don't be like, oh my God, I just lost round fourteen and I'm out of the torrent and I'm out of top eight contention. I'm gonna go buy like these massive expensive foils. No, no, don't do it. Just don't do it. Step away from the hall. Yep, just go just get go, go away. Go get dinner. At that point, go yeah. get dinner. <laughs> yeah. Find your so, friend. Yeah, like just like read a book. Yeah, find your friend. Read a webcomic. Find a friend. You know, make a friend. Uh just, you know, get out of your head. 
is kind of like the bottom line of all of these kind of suggestions that we've had for kind of getting over tilt is just, you know, don't dwell on it. Because the more you dwell on it, then it's just going to feed itself. It's going to get into that negative feedback loop we talked about at the top of the show where you're just suddenly going to, you know, it's going to get into this loop. Yeah. Um, so we're well, like, I did bad because I played bad and I played bad because I did bad. And it's just not fun. I found sometimes after a game, if I, if I started getting upset and tilting out during a game, say to like, you know, overdrawing on lands, whatever, um, you know, after your game, sign the mat to try not to be like snippy at your opponent. If you are getting tilty, just sign your matchup, say, Hey, be- good luck the rest of the way. See you around. Just don't even bother de-sideboarding and sitting there. Just get all your stuff, jam your stuff in your deck box. Don't even bother putting your playmat in your tube. Just throw it in your bag. Get out of dodge. Go sit and then go de-sideboard before the round starts because you're going to get a game loss if you don't, potentially. Um, But yeah, just make sure that you, uh, if you need to get away from that area, like physically remove yourself from the table so your opponent doesn't so you don't so you don't start talking to your opponent like yeah well game two with blah blah blah, blah and you did this this and this would you have your hand with this this and this and your opponent's probably not even thinking about that but you're laser focused in on something that you know you screwed up on and you want answers on this now like your opponent might yeah. be like whoa i don't even like i was just playing bro <laughs> <laughs> so it's, i mean sometimes that's fine like after a, like a really tough match where it's like you know you think of a turn where it's like, man, what if I take this line instead, or whether it would have mattered or not? But you know, ultimately, it's not going to matter. Oh no, yeah, and you can, the results I mean, are what they are. Well, and and, but there's a big difference between what I suggested and being like, hey, Ian, um, I I think when things went off the rails this turn, did you have this this or this in hand? Versus, hey, would you have like? It's a much different feel from like being like friendly and being you know just kind of like you know bad beats or whatever versus trying to converse with someone being when you're tilting when you're when you're more emotional about it uh yeah it, which it's definitely is rough yeah definitely a case of kind of like hey i'm curious about this situation here well, what was up with that what was going through your head like i had this on board were you thinking i was going to make this attack blah 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 just be nice about it please follow wheaton's law don't be a dick yes absolutely <laughs> But those kind of things are definitely things to consider when tilting in. Again, mileage may vary. This is stuff that John and I have recognized in ourselves. Um, oh, right. I didn't even talk about this. Uh, for streaming, when I stream, I will tilt. I have tilted. Tilted pretty hard sometimes. Uh, lands being another thing is I've learned to just laugh it off. Yeah. Sometimes like, laughing it off is great. Um if you can't like find the humor in that kind of situation, you might have an issue. But I just be like, you know what? This this is just how it's gonna go today. All right, cool. Let's just lean like lean in like if you're like, oh my god, I'm drawing another like I'm drawing my count 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 count. Oh my twelfth out of seventeen lands in my deck, and it's only turn like ten. I'm oh just lean into it, like you know what? Let's just let's just finish this out and see how it goes. You know, it's obvious the deck has not wanted to cooperate right now. So let's just let's just play with what we got. So yeah. um, learning that was a really, 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 really hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Really hard. But I gotta say, Lindsay helped me a little bit with that one. Just like, hey, you need to just like laugh it off. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I'll try it, and I did, and it worked. Yep. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely a case of. Cause she hates seeing me tilt 
and I mean, your your viewers hate seeing you tilt too. So just if you're able to laugh it off and laugh with them, like, oh my god, look at this luck, like, or just the worst luck, because you're gonna have those situations too where you're like, you're drawing like the golden god, and you're like luck sacking your way out of literally every bad situation. You're gonna have those hot and cold moments. So just enjoy the hot when it's good, and just be wary that when you're cold, running cold, and just figure out a way to deal with it in that moment and then move on. Yeah. Um, kind of not quite gaming in terms of honing down with that, but I know situations in life in general, work-wise and stuff, one of my last units I realized would frustrate me. Army is not an easy job to have, but what gets me through it is my ability to be resilient. And what I would do with that kind of thing, and this is something you can apply to yourself if you want to, is give yourself a set amount of time be like okay i'm gonna give myself in magic be like okay i've got 20 minutes till next round i'm gonna give myself four or five minutes to just think about this and then be done with it it's done it's in the past it, it's like you're trying to say it's over it's in the past get over it i give myself a day to be upset about something if something goes bad at work or wrong blah blah whatever and the next day it's like hey how can i learn from this what can i do to move forward from here what lessons can i take away from this and that's a very important thing to do. Yeah. Regardless uh, of the situation you're in. Yeah. Like the famous singer Jeffrey uh, Jerry Reed said, when you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not. Um took me a little bit to find that reference. It was stuck in my head and I needed to get it out. <laughs> I don't honestly don't recognize it. I'll send I'll send you a link. Cool. All right. But yeah. Um So I think that's about it though. I mean, remember recognizing like misplays you might have done keeping bad hands bad mulligans you know mulling down to like four and be like oh crap what what am i going to draw here um like the one to definitely avoid is the i'm a better player than they are why am i losing fallacy because trust me pros will lose to regular joes it happens yeah. never do that just bottom line never do that regardless of who your opponent is yeah and also, if you beat a pro or you beat someone who's better than you, don't gloat about it. You just, if you win a pro tour, you can jump up and down and celebrate all you want. But, you know, don't like. If you win round, oh. if you win round five at some GP in modern and it was like opponent, your, your pro opponent who's like two rounds off of a bye. All right, cool, whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Don't be like my friend Doug who, well, he does this jokingly. He doesn't do this seriously, but he beat a pro at a GP and I sent him a link to a video by that pro and he's like, why should I listen to this guy? I beat him once at Magic. Like, he's, be he's being facetious, but still, don't do not do that. Doug Pliss, what are you doing? E either way, but yeah, so that's pretty good. Like, um, And remember, just getting over it, some things you can do. Uh, take a break. Try a different format. Talk to your friends. If they're, if they're willing to listen, that's the key caveat. If your friends are willing to listen, you can talk to your friends and find or find something that you do like music, knitting, doodling in your whatever, texting, like but not texting. Other, yeah. If you're like any other human, you have hobbies other than magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Find find something portable that you can bring with you to, you know, just do something that's not magic at the time. Or if you have mm -hmm. it at a tournament or if you have time between it, just, you know, take a break. Take some time off. So take a break. <laughs> Hamilton reference. Hey, I know exactly. Unintentional. I know where you were going with that one. No, I know. I can't carry a tune, otherwise I would keep going. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media and help and talk to you more about, you know, detailing, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Dixon I J as D I X O N I J. 
And you guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks. I'll stream man, whenever. <laughs> and uh, you might find me with a sword next to me in chats. I mentioned the stream whenever because I am moving. So me trying to even establish a regular stream schedule at this point is pointless. Uh, yeah. I will start trying to stream a little bit more because I think I want to do some Dominaria Sealed practice because I'm going to probably do that beta draft qualifier, which is Ooh. Dominaria Sealed. It, it's just draft. Or not draft. It's it's sealed. It's like a... I forget. It's like however many people enter yeah, that, Swiss man, tournament. That would be... I would really love to be able to go to that event. That I'm going like like to try. And I mean, hey, event, it's it's yeah. Dominaria sealed. So we'll see how it goes. It's a, yep. a weird sealed format. Fun draft, weird sealed. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'll try, probably stream a little bit more of that. I still have to finish this friendly sealed league I've had forever that has a Karn in it. So I'll just turn that Karn around into tickets for the next event. So yay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. I'm also on Twitch at the same handle. You'll see me hopping around various Twitch chats. If you see me, don't hesitate to say hi. I've also been putting uh, YouTube videos up on the uh, on my YouTube channel, Well of John. Um, there's a video from this from Monday where I drafted Mono Red. And that deck started to not start mono red, but it ended up there and it was great. Uh, also, you can raise the podcast directly on uh, Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyes and the Mize at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear how we can best, how we can hear, how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. <laughs> Whew, got, barely got there. Uh, Pull on it behalf out. Of Ian, on behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>